Hello, welcome to The Turnover. I'm your host, Danny Goetz. I'll be joined every week by my co-host, Eddie, the enormous Mormon Finn. Hello, Eddie. Thank you, Dan. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. This is fun. I'm excited. Uh, this is the first ever episode of The Turnover. That's right. There have been no previously recorded <laughs> episodes of this show. What will people be hearing? How would you describe the show to people? What we're about to do for who knows how long forever? I would say, you know, like we're we're really good at watching sports, you and I. Uh, yeah. We both watch a lot of sports. Uh, our guests probably watch sports. That that seems to be, I mean, I so far. We're getting booked on our podcast. We, <laughs> we've had sports. one guest twice and he seems to watch a lot of sports. <laughs> not introducing him yet. He can talk if he wants to, but we're not going to introduce him yet. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. We'll have guests on. They'll come. They'll talk about their life in sports, how sports affects their lives, blah, blah, blah. We'll go over a couple current events and get some some hot takes from, I don't know, bright and dumb minds alike. <laughs> I don't know. People have a lot of weird sports opinions, so I guess we're going to hear a lot of those, aren't we? I, I love the the weirder the better. I, uh, I love weird sports opinions. I love sports conspiracy theories. Like when the whole uh, Colangelo thing was starting and like everybody had a weird theory of who it was and all that stuff, I was eating that up so bad. Well, it's like hard not to it's hard not to like get consumed by something weird like that when you get like all of these weird little news bits on twitter little by little oh yeah and it just like hooks you in you can track it minute by minute if you want and like you have all the different reporters who are picking it up from the person who like reported it and they're having like a little bit more of a take and then a little bit more of a take you just get to follow it for like days on end until someone's just like no, yeah, it was him. He did it. It's not that. It's what everyone expected is what happened. But the in-between where you're just hearing outrageous, every it could be anybody who knows what's happening. I love that stuff so much. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love, uh, I think my, my favorite thing with the whole Colangelo thing, it, it was just so, such a weird story to begin with. I, I love that it happened here with someone that I didn't really like. Because if it happened here with someone that I did like, it would be so much harder to participate in that conversation. Well, because you're just like embarrassed. Yeah, you feel it, especially like Process Era Sixers developed such a weird, like ravenous fan base that like, thankfully, it was someone who was going against that mindset and not someone who was for it because it would have just blown that whole thing up. I feel like you want to talk. We want to be introduced. <laughs> yeah, let's let's introduce because I mean we are talking about process era fans of the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. None better than Ron Mattel. <laughs> Say Ron. Hey, thanks guys. I definitely think I am the best Sixers fan. I don't know who I would put above you, so I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. Well, um, I talk to you about the Sixers more than anyone else. That's true. So I, I'll I'll give you that. That's true. When the season ends, it does put somewhat of a strain on our friendship. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> talked in like a week. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah, we'll go a week without talking. And then when the season's on, it's like 20 texts a day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. at all times of night. And I'll wake up to a text. It'll be like, you, you, as a sixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. The yeah. most like, deflating <laughs> thing this year was when Kawhi finally signed. And it was just like. Oh, so we're done for a while. Yeah, now like, what? Like now I what? was I was drunk on the L when I found out. It was like two in the morning on Friday night. Yeah, I don't I don't even remember where I was when I heard the news because I just kept checking. So like it didn't matter like anywhere I was that week, like would have been the place that I found out about Kawhi. And yep. he he did exactly what I wanted him to do. It was <laughs> like, probably the first time I went like six hours without checking Twitter to see if Kawhi signed anywhere. I I did hit a point where it felt like I need to stop. <laughs> like like he's going to decide he's not going to wait till like the end of the off season. Just like nothing is gained by doing this over and over. Like I have those like obsessive like app games that you like to play just to pass time, and then you end up playing them when you should be doing other Pokemon things. Go, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's what Kawhi Watch became for me. Was just like no, I should be writing. I should be doing these other things. I have like logos i need to make for people i have all these things i should be doing but just like consumed with basketball news multiple times this year i will be trying to make some kind of effort to unplug and then when i look back on my phone something big has happened like i remember 
me and Marissa went to the Sixers game. I'm like, all right, I don't have to check my phone. I'm watching basketball now. I'm not just yeah, I'm not just tweeting about it or looking at looking at it on Twitter. And then the row behind us is just like Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns. Like, <laughs> Motherfucker. Like, I can't. This happened so many times to me. I was like, all right, I'm off my phone for two hours. I'm no saint. I'm off my phone for two hours. And then Eddie texts me like, Jimmy Butler got <laughs> traded to the Sixers. It's like, well, this is what I get for trying to unplug. I remember that so many times growing up. I had a couple friends who they would go to work and try to DVR whatever game was on that night. And just like ignore their phone, ignore everything. But they, they worked in retail, most of them. So like pretty much every time it was just ruined by some dude walking in, just talking about the game. Like it's currently happening. He's talking to his friend, whatever. And like you can't be mad at them. Like why would anyone DVR a game? Yeah. And then sometimes people are trying to relate to you. It's like, How about those Eagles? And yeah. What else are you going to talk to with uh, this stranger at the store? I saw one of my favorite interactions and you see it a lot around baseball season because everyone gets those like giveaway t-shirts so like you just see philly shirts everywhere and a lot of the times it's people who don't know anything about baseball just free shirt whatever someone gave it to them it's just a shirt to wear but then you'll see someone go up to them and be like oh man that was a tough loss last night and the the doubt that washes over of like why did they say that to me like what did i do yesterday before they realize what they're wearing and like connect the dots of like Oh, I couldn't have participated in that conversation anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, there. I um, I was in Chicago for like a little over three weeks this month, and because the stadium, well, I think for a lot of reasons, the team is sold, and then the the stadium is in in a neighborhood. There's a neighborhood called Wrigleyville. Yeah, that you see so many more Cubs jerseys, and it's almost unacceptable to not at least know like if they lost. Oh, I remember going around Fenway, and it was like the same deal. We're like. If there was game night, there was like three blocks in any direction that if you were just there at one of the other bars, like you were like secluded if you didn't know. Yeah, like, it became a Red Sox bar. Yeah. And that's that's what the Cubs does. Uh, that's what the Cubs do to Chicago. Like it's it's a huge deal. All right. So before we get too far, Ron, what is what is sports in your life? Like what is your your connection to sports to introduce you to people as as a sports fan? We what brought would, up you're a Sixers fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's mostly what I know about you. What's what's like your life in sports? What's that for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big question. I lo- I love sports. I think it's I think it's first it's um it's a way to relate to strangers and friends that um I really need just as like someone who's kind of quiet and shy and like doesn't otherwise want to talk to people. Yeah. Having that intermediary there is like is great. So there's that. It also just I talked to my friend about this with like like the AP poll came out today for college football. It's just like men love numbers. So is that something you follow, the AP poll? Yeah. I mean, I don't like, watch all the college football games, but I'm just like, who moved up this week? Like that, that's the thing that like for some reason every Sunday it's just like, did any top teams lose? And like I, I, I wouldn't have cared to watch the game. I like I wouldn't need to know. You just but like, need the knowledge. Yeah, if something <laughs> if something's going to be shaken up, I want to be like at least base level of like. Well, I know that that team lost. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to know. Oh, they're number six now. I don't need to know that. But I need to know that they lost. And like, if someone's like, "Hey, I can't believe that they moved this many places," we're like, "Well, they lost." Yeah. <laughs> like, no. To- I'm just t- I'm just to totally, participate I that much. I need that knowledge. I just I just need to know. Like. There are certain sports where I'll, where I, where I will just really give up, like hockey, where it's like I don't know if the Flyers are good this year. That's fine, but for most, like most of the big ones, NFL, college football, basketball, like I need to know what's going on, even if you're not watching. Even if I'm not watching, which is actually kind of me and Eddie have talked about this, where I'm so deep into NBA Twitter that I'm really just trying to spend more time watching the games themselves than reading oh about them on Twitter. Um, and it's a work in progress. Like, it's not easy. I made such a point last year. because I was doing those halftime show reports. Mm-hmm. where like, just posting pictures of the weird halftime shows and NBA games. That that led me to watch so many games to the point that, like, I knew that's why I was getting League Pass was just to do this dumb thing I was going to do. A very expensive bit. But, like, it ended up just being, like, these are the teams I love now. There's like seven of them. And I want to watch them any night I can. And like, I want to see those players. I don't want to hear like, 
oh, here's the stat line. It's like I want to watch him get those numbers now. The game itself is really, really so fun to watch, and it sounds like saccharine or whatever, but Twitter is so addictive, and then you you add NBA Twitter on top of that where you feel like you're some kind of detective. Oh, yeah. Figuring out, like, you know, this player unfollowed this team. and you, It just gives it, you so much for your brain. It gets worse in the offseason, though. Oh, because, yeah. Oh, my God. Because, like, you're any any free agent who, like, follows a new team or unfollows somebody like else. Al, or, Al Horford yeah. followed the New Orleans Pelicans yeah. and Zion Williamson. <laughs> it's like Zion Williamson hasn't even been drafted yet. Like, yeah, why yeah. are we having this conversation? Also, he's just a good follow. He's the number one pick in the NBA draft and a nice yeah. man. I want to see what that kid says online now. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have cared three weeks ago, but he's drafted. Whatever, yeah, he's, <laughs> like, he's an NBA star now. Let him let him get his followers up. And honestly, like follow the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans is a nice town. <laughs> I, I follow their creepy mascot. <laughs> That's he's the creepiest Who's mascot. Their mascot. It's a, a it's a pelican, I think. But it, yeah, it is unclear. It is horrifyingly like is it a stork. Awkward. Like it, it's very, very sharp similar. features, mm-hmm. and then they also have. I think it's called King Baby. Where it's just, oh, yes. Where it's just yes. a giant baby with a crown so on. Creepy. And I, so fucking creepy. I've seen so many pictures of the two of them next to each other. Right. Yeah, absolutely wow. frightening. That doesn't even make sense because, like, yeah, they play like, at the Smoothie King Center, not the Cake right? King Center. <laughs> How many kings does New Orleans have? It's a lot of... Okay, so it's got this... Here's a... I'm looking at a picture of the f- fucking bird with that big baby. <laughs> it's... The bird looks like an uncle. I feel like that was an, an updated... Oh, no, okay, that, that's the one I recognize. He has the yeah. eyebrows and watery eyes of an old uncle. Yeah, <laughs> he's the uncle that in a movie lives on the couch in the basement. They're yeah. holding hands in this picture like the pelican delivered the baby. It was an unholy oh, union. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Stork, yeah. It kind of makes sense. Everything about this kind of makes sense. It's very New Orleans to make sense in the way that this does. I feel it. I, I got think it. the Pelicans mascot should be a beignet. <laughs> That'd be fun. I mean, there's all the minor league teams that do that with like once a year they they're a food instead of their actual like baseball team. Like like Lehigh Valley was like pork roll or something like that. And like there's like whoopie pies was in Maine. And like there's just like all these different ones around the country now that are just like eh, people are are loving this. Let's just be I, rebranded as a food now. I love when minor league teams get away with that sort of shit. Oh, like I, the, I love it. It's like my, the yeah. Delaware. I mean, I guess the blue coats now. They were this the eighty seveners. They had that uh, that picture of a Mecca Okafer in that like SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> yeah. uniform. Oh my! Do you God. guys remember seeing that? I do. That it triggered. That was in the back of my mind somewhere. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's so typical of minor league teams to have that sort of thing where, like, you're just, like, somehow sponsored for a night. So you have, like, Star Wars night, Indiana Jones night, SpongeBob mm-hmm. night. Well, because, like, most, like of, yeah. most of these arenas are in places where there's nothing else to, like, what other pro sport team yeah. can you see in Delaware? Like, you got to get people out there. So weird gimmicks is the way to do it. Yeah, like, I mean, if anything, I'll travel to Lehigh. I'll travel to Delaware. It's a, it's a cheap ticket. Yeah, before my summer got insanely busy, I had mapped out like all the different minor league baseball stadiums around and when their giveaway things were and like which were the weirdest that I could get to. And then I just ended up going to nine different weddings or whatever instead. But one of these years, I'll do that where I'm just going to like travel the country getting the weird giveaways for no reason. I just want them. This is, this is a facet of straight male culture that like I'm unfortunately a part of, which is... Me, Dan, and Eddie have been trying to get to an 87ers game for, like, let's call it a year and a half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, a long time. But anytime, like, I know, anytime I text one of my friends, like, hey, do you want to go in the game? Their answer is always like, oh, you got tickets? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, men do not organize (laughs) anything. It's like, if you you ask me out on a date, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be free tickets. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. No, sometimes no, I just want to. <laughs> sometimes I just want to know if you're free Monday. We can go to the game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It's not always a giveaway. But I, I've gotten to the point that if people aren't just like immediately on board, I'm like, all right, fine, next one, and then I just go to the game by myself. Like sometimes I, I, need I a love it just to be like, can I afford this? Because, oh, like, for me, the answer is always no. It's a <laughs> lot of deep breaths. It's yeah, a lot of yeah. like I'm thinking about it, parking, trying to factor it in. Well, like Dan, 
I like we've never gone to an uh, an actual Sixers game together. We've gone to the blue and white scrimmage, yeah. which we will touch on uh, in a few. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear that story. <laughs> well, we get we can get to that after this. Um, but uh, like when Dan and I we went to uh, game three, three of yeah. that uh, Sixers Raptors series, which was oh, the one. good one. That was the good one. Yeah, that was the good one <laughs> where they they blew him out. Embiid did that windmill dunk and like the airplane thing down the court after. Uh, the yeah, most nervous I've ever been as an adult for anything, including things that I've done myself. The, the part that, that I realized how nervous I was before that game started was that in, in like the late third quarter when it was pretty much like, oh, this is just what this is going to be. It was like, oh, they could still blow I this. was still like on edge, and I was like, I don't think I've ever really expected playoff situations in my head to like pre- be prepared for what I'm feeling right now. They're like... The, the excitement or the nervousness that turned to excitement all just like felt off in that moment that like I wasn't expecting good. Like I came in super nervous and like and, and no point in my mind was I like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fine. We're like, very tight. The Sixers right now are a very tight fan base as we try to figure out whether these guys are going to work together. Um, we booed our team in against like, when they played the Nets in like the first <laughs> quarter. Like we uh, well, are very was, anxious. That was a depressing game. Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. I'm just saying it's that's not the move of a secure fan base. Yeah, oh, well, I, was, I mean, why would any... Yeah, we have one Super Bowl. Why would that make us any more <laughs> secure, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I was, I was in and out of service on the road somewhere during that first game against the Nets, and, like, every report just felt worse and worse because I wasn't seeing it, like, get that bad. Mm-hmm. And then just, like... Oh really? They haven't put this together yet. They haven't figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out yet. And I, like it was so upsetting. That was um that wasn't a gentleman's sweep at all. That was like a very worrisome sweep. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah, team's gonna they, be so good in like two years. Yeah, they're not gonna be good this year because uh, Kyrie's gonna blow that team up. <laughs> I love Kyrie though. I don't know why. Like I I I liked him before. Then he was a Celtic, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna do that. And now he's not a Celtic again, and now I can just be like, Uncle Drew's real funny, and like, that's that's it. That's all I need. I like Kyrie. I, I mean, I I don't follow him on Instagram. His antics, I'm kind of oh, I'm kind of tired yeah. of his like third eye and like uh, flat Earth. <laughs> um, I loved his flat Earth thing though. We're like. None of you asked me if I meant it. You all just started calling me an idiot. So I'm just going to keep saying I meant it now. And everyone's like, well, I guess you meant it. It was, like, became a... Yeah, it was all a... Right. Well, that's such a lame excuse anyway. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's playing the middle instead of actually saying, does he mean it? And I feel like he does mean it. I think... I think he did mean it, and I think maybe he's like, all right, I'll relent, whatever. But he's I, still... I think there are yeah. a lot more flat earthers in the NBA than we realize. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I like Kyrie. His game is very it's one of the it's one of the few players that like really kinda gets like a guttural response that I can't control. When he's kinda on the on the baseline or like on the perimeter just doing one of his crossovers and just like embarrassing a grown man, I'm just like, Oh oh shit. Like Yeah. <laughs> Every time he does the second crossover after the first one works and you're just like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I got uh, like, it's crazy what, that one of the most fun players to watch is one of the least fun players to listen to talk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Uncle Drew is real good, though. I, <laughs> I never watched Uncle Drew. I love it. I left that movie liking Nate Robinson, and I had not done that for probably a decade at that won point. That contest. <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. Rob Diggy. They, they shouldn't have won ch- anything, <laughs> ever. Yeah. They rightfully changed the rules to just give people like a time limit for dunking, because that was so draining to watch him miss. And like... I watched, like, they did the replay, like, the condensed version of it. We're like, no commercial breaks, boom, 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 boom. And they cut out all of the misses. That's so whack. So, like, it looks like, oh, yeah, that's a close one. He might have he actually won that. But no. <laughs> like, no. The audi- absolutely not. The crowd was completely out of it because they had seen, like, 12 attempts. He demolished the energy in that stadium that, yeah. like, was through the roof at that point. Like, dunk contests... I. I watch them every year. I get super excited about them. And then most of the time they let down. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like that one did not. And then it did at the very end. The end outcome was the worst thing that could have happened. Like Iguodala's dunks were some of the like best ever dunk contest dunks. And then he lost. I love the side of the backboard dunk. Yeah. There needs to be more side of the backboard dunks. I like when like 
it's hard to get creative by yourself now. So I want to see more of that like tandem tag team stuff of yeah. like Well, it feels like most of like the solo dunks have already like there's only so much many things you can do in the air with your body yeah. while still dunking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except those people, those like professional dunk contest people. Yeah. They're like triple flips and like going all over the place, but like that's all they do with their lives. And it's like, okay. Yeah, the flight school people who are somehow like six foot tall, they're pretty short to, oh, to yeah. be doing what they're doing. Um I saw I saw a house of highlights of Andrew Wiggins do a 720 and it looks so bad. Really? Something, yeah, just like he was it felt like he was flailing. It was just like a I don't you know. You gotta this, be on your way back down by seven twenty. That's too. the problem is that like it's a it is impressive. If you wrote it down on paper, he completed a seven twenty dunk. But then when you look at it You can only do that because his wingspan is like, he, yeah, he just looks crazy. like a lanky child, like on a Fisher yeah. Price court. Good core good core strength though. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I could do a seven twenty dunk on a Fisher Price basket. I could do a three sixty maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I could, I could. I might really mess myself up. I would probably do like a two seventy and then call it a dunk anyway. Fine, <laughs> I I fucking tell you. I can tell you, dude. Well, I can do a seven twenty. I, I saw your spin on the photo shoot, so I know. <laughs> I I don't think you can do a seven twenty on on a Fisher Price. Card. All right, well we'll have to um get some bonus content on yeah, the Instagram <laughs> of me. Someone give me a Fisher Price net and a basketball that fits in a fisher price net and i'll fucking do it it's really it's it's really like like uh it's gonna make you queasy i don't care i'll figure it out <laughs> do, do i get as many spin. do i get as many tries as nate robinson yeah nate robinson <laughs> nate robinson rules yeah you can have as many tries as you want <laughs> but i'm sure by the end of it you will be throwing up all right cool well <laughs> nate robinson rules i got this anyway we talked uh we briefly brought up the blue and white uh, oh, yes. scrimmage. Oh, yes. Let's tell the blue and white uh, story. Which this, is a, this is a real fun uh, thing. So uh, it's the only game that uh, Ron and I have been to together. Uh, and it was uh, – we, we got the tickets from one of my friends, uh, Drew Grand, who will be on the podcast at some point. Uh, used to work for the Sixers as a photographer. Oh, cool. Um, he, he got us uh, some comp tickets to – uh, the blue and white scrimmage at the Palestra. Oh, awesome! I love the Palestra. Yeah, it was. I had never been. It was it's, so cool seeing basketball in one of those like old school it, like. It is the best. I try to go to a Big Five game every year, and like whichever two teams are playing at the Palestra, and it's the best. Like because pe- it's both local schools, they pack the place out, and it's so loud and just like insane i i like my granddad grew up like a big villanova basketball like my whole life he was a villanova basketball fan so i'd always heard stories about the palestra it was cool seeing bat like just bat like a crazy like energy basketball game it's there so funny to me though because i guess at the time that it was like becoming legendary that Penn was good but like Penn hasn't been that good in a long time so for like my whole adult life, the only thing I know about Penn basketball is that their stadium is cool. Like that's their only legacy. There's no like weird championships like Harvard has. There's none of that. Like yeah, cause, I mean, there's yeah. it's Penn. They're nerds. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of nerds who sometimes win the conference and lose first round in the tournament. It's easy to win a conference when the rest of your conference is nerds. <laughs> it's also nerds. Yeah. Although Harvard's Harvard's figured it out, they're just giving scholarships to regular and talented basketball players and not worrying about the academic side of it. So Harvard keeps winning. Yeah, I like the Palestra a lot, and I think it's probably um, my favorite venue that I've watched like a professional basketball game or an exhibition. I guess this was, but I, I'm a big uh, proponent of like an intimate venue. I think that stadiums are way too loud. There's they're pumping organ music from the fifties nonstop, and you know what? I'm not gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. So I was glad to be in a in a venue where you can hear the sneakers squeaking and you can hear like the crowd stomping. It was very nice. It was very nice. I mean, that's I mean, think about like watching a a game on TV. Like, if you didn't hear those sounds in a game on TV, basketball would suck to watch. Yeah. So like to to eliminate that experience live is weird. Like to to drown it out every chance you get. It's like you think about it, like every, every time the Sixers are bringing the ball up, there's some sort of just instrumental track playing, 
Yeah, you get hear none of the cool stuff. Ten seconds of a Drake song for no reason, and it's yeah, I just don't understand. Yeah, every now and then I'm like, oh man, an Outkast song, but the rest of it I'm like, all right, so what? <laughs> like this isn't helping me Bad enjoy pop. the game. It's yeah, or they're making you clap for no reason. Yeah, just flashing noise on the screen. Yeah, when I watch the game. Yeah, and yell when I need to. Anyway, so when we went to the scrimmage, it was uh, the uh, Fultz year. You know, okay. yeah. So it was uh, before Ben had played, uh, before uh, everyone knew that Fultz uh, was gonna uh, be, you know, that whole situation was <laughs> yeah. gonna be weird. That was gonna play out how it played out. Yeah. Um, and Chris Humphreys was on the team <laughs> for a hot minute, <laughs> which is on the training camp roster. That monster ruining the sanctity of marriage. It was <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan. Dan coming in hot on monogamy. That's all I heard for. I, I saw him. I saw him play. It's what he's against, most known for. Because yeah. I can tell you, he should not be known for what he does on the basketball court. Yeah. Hey, now I, 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 Chris Humphreys was a double double guy. He, he did me good in NBA Two K Eight, and <laughs> we're not going to slander his name. I'll slander his name from the scrimmage, though. From the scrimmage, fine. Fine. But from it, when he was in his prime, he was a double double guy. That's fair. I, I saw that. him. I saw him play in pretty much his prime. Post post marriage, like almost like immediately post marriage, he was what playing. What did you put up there? What do you put up? Um, I don't know, but I know he touched the ball a lot because every time he did, he got booed. <laughs> he fell off quickly. Yes, it was. I I think he was maybe was thirty, very, and he was not playable. It was a very short prime. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, maybe it was uh maybe it was the mental strain of getting booed. It could be. I can't believe that many basketball fans cared that much about it. That, well, like, no, it was basketball fans' girlfriends. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounded like a lot of people. <laughs> like, I, I feel like people went to that game, which they lost on a say Darren Williams buzzer beater, I believe was that one, which was really disheartening because the whole time you're riding the high of like, we're just booing this guy because this team sucks and there's nothing else to do. And then they almost win the game and they lose on a buzzer beater. It's rough. That is rough. He, I mean, he also embraced the role of the vil- of the villain in the scrimmage where Ben Simmons had kind of a breakaway dunk opportunity and he intentionally fouled in a scrimmage game. <laughs> in a scrimmage, he intentionally fouled. Like, what? On Do you not know joy? It's, yeah, and that was the first time I had seen Ben Simmons play for the that Sixers. That was the first time most people saw Ben Simmons play for the Sixers. Yeah, and you're going to deprive us, deprive us of a dunk opportunity? It's like, yeah. I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that at all. That's pretty funny, though. I feel like that is a bitter veteran move. Everyone like, booed him. I'm yeah, not letting I this kid. Never, I have never been in a room where there was so much hate for another human being. Oh, well, awesome. Yeah, and he kind of acknowledged it then. Before he was trying to like drown it out, but he was like, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of messed up. <laughs> he got cut very quickly after that. Yeah, Brett yeah, Brown. Yeah, the stars shine, bud. Come on. Was that before that? Uh yeah, Jalil was still on the team at that point. I don't uh, think he, I don't think he really did anything. Um, it was weird, like watching people, because like no one was guarding Fultz on the perimeter. Those were the in a scrimmage. It's, it's funny that they don't even pretend. Like his teammates wouldn't do it in a scrimmage, just to make him look good. Yeah, you just didn't to, like, have to shoot it, especially if it's open to the public. Just giving other people the look that like maybe he can. Yeah, from a strategy perspective, it was a terrible look. Um. Yeah, he was get Jared Bayless, another uh, Sixers uh, <laughs> least favorite. I went to the uh, return the return I went to game. This game too. Oh, that's right. We were we yeah. were both there. We went out after. That's right. And it was it was so. Like, I I go to pretty much. I mean, this year is going to be harder because there's a lot more of returning player games. But I try to go to all the ret- returning player games because I love that montage moment and then like waving to the crowd. It's it's always like really cool to be there and be a part of it. Like I saw Theo Ratliff. I wasn't a big Theo Ratliff fan, but it was cool. So you go to this one. You have Sarge. You have Covington. Covington not playing, so he really went in. Like he was like, "Hey, what's mm-hmm. up?" He was all about it. Sarge was like a little wave, but then they did another video package for Bayless, and he got booed the whole way through. And then he, they put him in late in the game, and he got booed every time he touched the ball. And they took him out pretty quickly after yeah. that too. It was incredible. I was watching on TV. 
Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were on commentary, and Van Gundy is just like, I don't understand what's happening. Why is he getting booed? Is it just because he played poorly? I'm just like, yeah, dude, he, because we paid him $10 million to do jack shit. He made so much money for nothing. Well, I, that, I had the same that's thought. That's Michelangelo fuck up. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. Like, I had that same, like, why are we booing this guy? But I was still doing it. <laughs> like, I didn't have any positive feelings towards him. So I was like, all right, I, I'm going to participate. I didn't boo. But I uh, was texting people, oh, my God, everyone here is booing Jared Bayless. Yeah. It's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It is. I mean, it, it goes back to my point that let the crowd do their thing because we're more entertaining than whatever the fuck you have. I, I think the the level that the Sixers are at, too, you have a lot of people paying attention. So you're not playing to a passive crowd. Yeah, totally. Like Everyone knows generally what's happening. Philly crowds are just fucking wild. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Like I've I've been to a number because like the Flyers haven't been great recently, but mm-hmm. I've gone to a couple games every year, like a game a year. I try to, and like people are still like living and dying with that team, and like it's so funny to watch from that outsider perspective of like, well, you're just gonna go down with this shit, but like I can't believe all of you care this much about a team that hasn't done anything for you. Like even like fan service, they don't they don't do fan service anymore either. They're just like trying to figure out a whole new identity and leaving everything behind. And everyone's just like, whatever, fuck this. I love you. Well, it's, it's blind loyalty. Once, you, once you've invested that many years, what else are you going to do? There are people that, like, even Phillies fans go fucking crazy at games. Yeah. So yeah. Not, like, I'll ba- baseball is the most boring sport in the fucking world. I love it. it there are some more boring sports. Uh, I, w- I went down to the... Uh, baseball Baseball's bad, though. But yeah. I, like it is amazing how engaged Phillies fans are at I, that ballpark. I love being at a Phillies game. It's like my favorite it's outing. It's the only way I can watch baseball. Like, the baseball the baseball stadium is the best of the four major sports stadiums in my opinion, like by far. Oh yeah, being in a it's, park? It's are you the, kidding me? It's the best hang, but it's the worst uh sport to watch. Yeah, you have to make your own fun. You got to get up and walk around and yeah. like oh, Yeah, I went down activities. to the uh 2009 like anniversary celebration of the the World Series team, mm-hmm. which is which is fun because like last year we got to celebrate the tenth anniversary of the winning World Series team, and then this year everyone's like, well, it's most of the same players, so we we'll, we still like them, but they didn't win this year, so like, we go to that, and it's regular alumni day too, so like all these old Phillies are there, and like I went down by myself and I watched every inning from a different spot, like I, I just. In inning ended, I got up and I moved, and wherever the inning or wherever it started, I just sat down. Like that was I, it. Just kept I, moving, I kept moving, and it was awesome. I like, saw your Instagram story from that where you were just like, "There isn't a bad seat in the house," and it's exactly right. I mean, the way modern stadiums are getting built now, they've figured it out. They've oh yeah, like the vet when you're high up, it was tough, but. I mean, I'm not an architect, but I feel like the stadiums are curved in a way where you're always pushing towards the field, even if you're high up. Yeah, and that's the thing with uh, like Fenway and Wrigley, and like I haven't done Wrigley, I've been to Fenway, but like there's older stadiums and like Yankee Stadium too, where like cause, like the the bleachers in old Yankee Stadium were like disconnected, and you had to like leave and go back in through. <laughs> and, oh, and like I did not know that at, at Fenway, most of the seats face away from home plate, <laughs> so like you have to turn and look. Yeah, so like. Uh, I think the last couple of years they've been trying to fix that of like remodel because they, they don't want to get rid of Fenway. And, like, yeah, it's so like, they're trying to like modernize it and like turn the seats and like there's there's seats that are legit just still behind poles. It's like I, so dumb. I, yeah, I, I get that. Like at the time, everybody didn't have a lot of money, and you're just trying to like get people out, put as many people in whatever seats you can. But like it's a hun- like 1912. It's a hundred some years. Like. Yeah, I, Fenway, Fenway has like a Fenway and Wrigley have huge problems with that because there's so much, um, there's so much lore there. But when the Cubs aren't playing and you're in Wrigleyville, it's just construction city. They're always oh, doing really? something to work on the stadium. Um, yeah, baseball. The baseball park is and compared to basketball, it's just a lot quieter. They're not pumping in music the whole time. Yeah, they just let it breathe for the most part. Yeah, I, I love the energy at basketball. Like it, because mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's so, like it's just constantly moving. Mm-hmm. The timeouts are quick. Like it's oh, not for like, gameplay wise, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like you're getting so much more action. In that's that what that's what I like about our experience than you are for like three hours at a baseball. Yeah, like that's what I like about hockey too. Is that it is 
just constantly going. That like if if nothing happens, then nothing happens and you're out of there in what three hours. Yeah, I haven't been to a hockey game, but I think there there's such a barbaric element of just having a glass to bang on. Yeah. <laughs> that I think I think it's I I think it's very rowdy. I mean NFL is I probably wouldn't go to an Eagles game unless I like really had numbers with me. Like I really don't wanna get into a fight at an Eagles game. Yeah, I've gone down to like temple games at the link and when like I don't know that I need to do this for real like yeah the stadium's fine it's got cool spots but like it's not like i need to see it at its best like, too, a little too aggro it's not super me. inviting a little too aggro i'm fine watching football on tv yeah, yeah it's a better angle most of the time too <laughs> like plus like i want to be cold yeah plus with fantasy you're you're at the stadium and you want to check on your team but the but the service is just oh, yeah, so bad everyone's doing the same thing because yeah. everyone's doing the same thing so you're getting texts the whole day from your good friends and you just can't get them. You don't know what you're doing fantasy wise. So football you just have to multitask now. You gotta turn on the red zone. Yeah, it's that that feeling of having like two players like in the late game and you're like, Well, I'm gonna play see how like the early game goes and I'll make the choice and then you get busy and you're like, Uh oh, like I'm just stuck. It's that to like the nth degree of like, Well, I don't know. I'm watching football, so I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not doing what I wanna do. It's also like I've been to I've been to a couple of football games and I just the plays themselves seem less impressive. The people the players seem smaller and then when a big play happens it seems more clumsy than like a feat of athleticism. See that's Does that make sense? That's the thing. Like I I grew up playing football. I played football for like 10 years. I coached for another like 5 years. From like 4 to 21 I was doing football in one way or the other. And like I'm I'm so aware of like the intricacies of like how a play works and how it's supposed to work, and like you see it in the NFL where like if everything goes perfectly, then it still just kind of stops where it's supposed to because the defense is that good. Also, totally. That like you you could run exactly the right play, you could hit all of the blocks, you could hit the exact hole, the timing, everything, but then the defense is just whatever they're right there so it's a three yard gain at best and like you just keep doing that and another stoppage another commercial another stoppage another commercial yeah there's i don't um, really like football that much anymore. i think there's like <laughs> t- <laughs> I, I think there was a study that, that that said there's like 10 minutes of actual game time in a football game oh yeah yeah and like even like the football i was playing growing up were like you could do the same study there and aside from like the extra long commercial breaks that you don't have like you're barely playing yeah You'd have full three-hour stretches where, like, you could be on the field the whole time and only be moving for, like, a half hour. It is, like... I, I mean, that, that that's still probably more than baseball, though, right? It probably. Has, um, I mean, it's it's one of those things where what counts for action in a baseball game is, is like, a, is kind of a... It's very generous. Well, that's true. Like a, like, a left fielder could be standing for literally an hour. No yeah. action. To, to All like his movement is, oh, it's a new batter. I need to shift a little bit this way. Yeah, totally. uh, new batter back here. Totally. Like, so like what counts as action is a little bit more generous because like, yeah, a pitcher I, is technically throwing and a, and, a, and, a, and a batter is technically trying to hit it. But is it action really? Like I, I love that part of baseball, though, where like all of those players have to be in exactly the right place at exactly the right time and paying attention in a, in a position where I know I would have phased out a long time ago. Yeah. That if you are just stuck in there, it's a long inning, and like all of a sudden the ball comes to you after like the ninth batter of the inning, and you're like, I still have to be on and playing baseball and like ready to do this. And like, that's it's impressive to me that like strength of will that is baseball. Yeah, you do have to be on your toes, your toes because a line drive could come right at you. Yeah. And like take your head off. Saw the one with like they because they show exit velocity on like everything now, mm-hmm. and like the one was like sixty miles an hour, and like the guy was like like jumping out of the way, and the announcers are like, "It's only sixty miles an hour." It's like that was sixty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, you have a car come at you at sixty miles an hour and see what you do. Yeah, like it it may not be you one of those. Die. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna be like a knock him out because it broke a bone speed probably, but it's still like hey, he might come out of the game. All right, so now we're gonna jump to current events. And we'll let Ron go first. Ron, do you have any current events? You're- yeah, we're we're in the dog days, so I'm really just I'm looking out for every golf event that uh, that happens. There's a the the playoff started two weeks ago. There was kind of the semifinals um, this past weekend, and now we have the FedEx Cup, where one player is going to win 
15 million dollars so how does the fedex cup work no one knows because i've tried <laughs> just a golf tournament like a four-day golf tournament like every other golf here's how here, it's no it's here's how the, it's the FedEx just, like cup overall works. right it's you accrue points over the course of a season Dude. um kind of like the B- the bcs you guys remember that in college football where it's like you win and then that counts for if you win the Masters, maybe that's like four hundred points. At least that was gonna be my question. Is like, do the like the majors? Do they count more? The majors count for more, but the problem with the FedEx Cup is that these like rinky dink, like the Malaysia Challenge. If you, win, I, I was if just you watching that, the Dutch Masters or something like that <laughs> yeah, this weekend. Like, yeah. If you win that, which is like, here are a bunch of rich dudes that have memberships to this golf club and the third best golfer in the world. Boy, I wonder who's going to win yeah. this. How, how'd you get that one? <laughs> yeah, it's like if uh, if it's like a, if an all star like occasionally played the big three, and oh. then it's like, oh, that counts towards your stats in the NBA. It's like, all right, okay. Yeah, in season, it's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it's in season. So. Um, they're, they're accruing points the whole time. And then the top 70 in the field play, um, play the first round of the playoffs. That field gets cut to the top or sorry, the top 150 play. Then it becomes a top 70. And now this weekend, only the top 30 players that have qualified. But if you win one of the FedEx cup events, it, it counts for a lot. So it's, you know, it's a little wonky. So how many events fall into like that playoff just sort three, of just three. There used to be four. They cut it down to three, and they used to do it to where it was like there there would be two winners. There'd be the person who'd win the tournament. Sometimes there'd be two winners. So the person who won the, the last tournament, and then the person who had the most points. And okay, now, so like you could finish third, get enough points to mm-hmm. finish first overall because you've been do, you've been killing it all year. But then okay. Tiger got hot and won. So they they're trying to they're trying to to stop that instead of having two winners. If the the person who's first in points starts out at like ten under, and then it, it staggers from there. So if you're fifty, if you're thirty, if you start out at like even par, so you you get a head start. I that feels more exhibition to me, doesn't it? It feels yeah. pretty like, whack, right? It feels I, pretty whack. Because like, I I like the idea of playing for one winner, mm-hmm. but like. It should just stop there. You made it to the final tournament. Pressure's you win on. the final tournament. You win. Pressure like, is on now. You don't like if Kentucky is undefeated and then they lose in the Sweet 16. It's like they start the game off with 20 point lead. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's, it's so disingenuous <laughs> and fucking boring. Like it's somewhat novel as it is anyway. So like to treat it as anything but it feels weird. They're like this has to matter. It's like yeah. Like no. Like every, everyone knows the majors and like this isn't them. That's the problem, we, right? We know you're good enough to be here. That should be like enough, if, you, it, as opposed to like weighting the scores mm-hmm. in your favor. And that's like, yeah, these are the best players in the world. They don't need to start ten strokes ahead. Like fifteen million dollars is a lot of money, but most of the people who are actually going to be in contention for that are going to make that. Like that's they're filthy rich, yeah. Dan, and I think that's golf's answer to everything. Uh, no surprise because it's a very like high class sport. Is that players aren't, uh, you know, players are taking weeks off to rest for the majors. Players aren't performing at to peak uh, when they're not in the majors. How do we entice them? Money, but yeah. they're rich. <laughs> Most of a lot of them are. See, that's the thing. Like, if money doesn't matter, then you're going for the prestige, and the prestige comes from the majors. So, like, you want to be good for those. It's like. Like yeah. t- Tiger might miss the the FedEx, whatever, blah blah blah. I guess whatever he still is in contention for after last weekend. But like, if he misses, he misses. No one's gonna remember that if he comes back and wins PGA Championship. Yeah, because like, he won last year, and everyone was just like, "Fuck yeah, we love yeah. when Tiger wins." Like, yeah, he had, <laughs> you won you won the tournament. Yeah, he had a buddy. pretty bad year. Yeah, up and like down. overall, and we then won that one thing, and everyone and then, was yeah. happy. Last year he had a bad year. This year he was pretty solid. He won the Masters. Yeah, um, I have never heard as many people as excited about golf since the last time Tiger Woods won something. Then when Tiger Woods won something. Like it just for it just matters. More. It matters way more, and I I was so stoked. Yeah, like for me now, it's like a tournament by tournament thing. That if somebody is doing something impressive, I am watching the whole weekend. Yeah, I. But like, there's not a player I tune in for now. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to signal call too much, but I feel like there's kind of a parallel between what Adam Silver is trying to do with like the midseason tournament. It's like, how do you get people to care about something other than the major championship and what's like, happening in golf? I, I think. On that subject, 
I feel like the answer is more just shorten the season. Mm-hmm. Then, but they're never going to do that because like money. Well, yeah, that's that. It, like they, the NBA makes way too much money to even consider doing like there's, that. There's such a financial risk too of like the like the good players aren't going to participate because they want to win the actual title. Like, like or like the good players are going to get hurt. Like two mm-hmm. fucking all stars blowing out their hurt yeah yeah i i i do like i like the spirit of what adam silver is trying to get at because i think to the the debate over oh do you have rings do you have rings it's just like so kind of tiresome to me and so i I would i would be glad to have something else that could be like maybe i don't have a ring but the sixers won like the in-season cup so he's clutch we know he's clutch because he did this it's such a moot point to me rings because the more everything becomes so stat focused and you can see like exactly how good a player is like fully quantifiable and then you also have that like eyeball factor and like you just combine those two things and you go that guy's great yeah like i I don't he doesn't have to win anything ray allen was a fantastic player before the championships yeah that improved it proved a little bit but it didn't it didn't prove that he was great he was always great he was like through most of his career when people asked me who my favorite player was he was like my default answer oh yeah like he was the one it was such an easy people answer forget he used to dunk on people I yeah remember having a fight with one of my good friends like yo look up his youtube i haven't done that in a long time i might do that when i go home today but like he was so exciting because like he would like stop on a dime in that way that harden does but like it was a catch and shoot version of what harden does and like Everyone would just go flying around him, and that nonchalant, just cockiness of like, "Yeah, it's going in. I'll meet you back there." Like yeah, yeah. every time, it was so cool. The I loved cool, it. I, I loved that he was like, he was kind of Kawhi, quiet confidence guy without the the weirdness. Yeah, it was. Although, like, he seemed like a normal person. He's apparently, super although it, weirdo. Tu- it turned yeah. out, turned out, you know, he's sending some sexy DMs. I, I don't know if I was happy to Wait, hear Kawhi that he was. Is? No, no, reality. Reality. Yeah, like, I was gonna say I was. I would love yeah. to hear Kawhi like <laughs> fucking <laughs> sexting something, rolling into someone's DMs on a burner account or something. Yeah, incredible, and incredible. My understanding of the Ray Allen one is it was like it was nothing too creepy that would like really change your opinion of him as a person. Like a lot of things happening now, but like it was one of those where like I just never thought it would be him. <laughs> yeah, he's so composed. It yeah. was just like I'm gonna go down on you when I see you again. Yeah, or something like that. Like super tame, it's but fine. like. Yeah, he posted it on his feed instead of in a DM. But then I, I did, I did see he got game at a pretty young age. So me too, that, that man. Did kind of paint my impression of him. Yeah, come on. Very young when I saw it too. Yeah, that, I don't know if I want to watch that movie again and see if I like it because it like I do remember it fondly, but I'm fairly certain I'm not gonna like it as an actual movie as an adult. The next fallow period of the season if you guys want to do uh we watched uh, oh we, sure we watched uh, uh do the right thing um i would be down i was just thinking because we did the, the photo game, shoot i wanted to like as much mirror my look to woody harrelson and white man can't jump <laughs> and like eventually i just went with a headband and everything but like it, it made me want to watch that movie again because I remember that movie being so funny. And, like, I don't know that it can be as funny as I remember it being. Because, like, I guess, I guess he's funny. Wesley Snipes has been funny. But, like, is, is that movie good? I bet. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I also haven't seen it for a long time, I but I, I think it'd be great. I remember it being great. We should do that before the, the season goes back up. We should watch both those movies. I'm down. That'll just be our getting to the season thing. I don't know any other other current event stuff. Um, so are you are you done with your your golf? Is there? Yeah, is there? Yeah, we, is there I, I got I got my shots off. A parting off. thought. I got, oh, I got I got my shots off. Right off the tee, bam. <laughs> no, so what? I, the one thing that I want to talk about, fucking Boogie Cousins. Oh, I don't know that I f- like feel any major way about that, except for the the Wilson Chandler quote of like, everyone should. Like be allowed to fully heal from injuries I, before no. you make them come back, and I'm like, it's like, yeah, but like, I don't feel like anybody was like, Boogie, get out here, like, you have to play now. I like, think Boogie was. I think he put like, that pressure on himself. Yeah, I, I, like, th- I think the contract is what really did it because he didn't have that stability to, you know, have a training staff that say we're gonna work with you. You know. Oh yeah, being in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But even then, I mean, he's made a lot of money, so I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to be like, hey, I'm taking a break from the NBA right now to, like, fix my body. Yeah, like, when but he came it, back it, last it, year... It breaks your heart, though, because he is so much fun to watch. And like he, the, he was going to get paid. The effort he put into coming back last year and how good he was able to do on a minute count was awesome. He was just bad <laughs> defensively, but he's pretty effective offense. Yeah, it was it was cool to see him come back and be effective. I got so hyped that I it was like the first time I got excited to watch a Warriors game in years. Oh, I I don't know that I ever happened. <laughs> oh no! Oh pre pre KD, I was very excited. I love those Warriors teams pre KD. I went I went to it's, one of those games. It was one of the the best atmospheres because every time Steph shoots, they go whoa! Oh really? Yeah, it's like a roller coaster. See, I I did. They're one of those teams that like just never excited me, mm-hmm. but I loved that they did it so naturally that they they built a team and then like brought in Iguodala and. Like that was it, and like that was like everything else. They just built very naturally and in a way that you really can't were just do. Able to get KD too. Well, yeah, which is just, it was just smart team building. Like, yeah, I I didn't feel any animosity towards them for doing that either. Like I'd rather see KD go somewhere and be more interesting as a solo player and show off a little bit. But like, if you can get the best player in the world and he wants to come play for your team. Do it. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to not make that move. I I really didn't like that move, and I, I, I thought, you know, what what's one of the things that's great about this game is how, unpredictab- how unpredictable it is, and to start every season knowing who is going to be in the finals and who is ultimately going to win the finals, it just really drained the life out of me. I think that was part of what got me so into the playoffs this year. Yeah, is that they started looking shaky, and then and you're no like, "No one knew what was going to happen in the East." Yeah, yeah you're the like, Clippers were taking anything. games from them. Oh yeah, and like think about that, where like the Clippers were that serviceable of a team. They're like not oh, good, no. but they're getting it done. Yeah, they and gave up a whole lot though. Like they still have a good chunk of what got them there though. Like, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I like SGA didn't even play at crunch time. Lewis playing, but. Gallinari was pretty important for them. Yeah, and SGA is going to be pretty good, I think. Hey, you got you got Shamit, who's apparently getting cocky, and then yeah, Lou Williams, yeah, Harold, Rico yeah, Suave like, himself. I miss Shamit. I miss Shamit too. Yeah, that trade feels worse and worse. Oof, we gave up so much. Yeah, it it felt fine at the time, and then at least we kept Tobias. Yeah, yeah. thank God, right? Yeah, I, I, I feel like. The way it played out is how it was going to play out the whole time. They just weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm like, I'm happy with how the Sixers are looking. I think oh, we're I'm, better. I'm I'm very excited for what's about to happen. <laughs> I think we're better. I think we've got a better starting lineup. I think we have a better bench. I think. And they apparently have the best Vegas odds too. So is that true? I it was like them and the Rockets were like the the top. I think they were the top in the East. Be, Rockets I were mean, the top in the West. And we, All right. we, we've got like young, interesting like bench guys with Zaire Smith and Tibble, Thibble, however you pronounce yeah. it. Um, I think I might be a Rockets fan this year. I think that's going to be my move. Dan, why? They're going to be fun to watch. I, they're, <laughs> why, Dan? They're either going to be that like brilliant train wreck of a team or they're going to be actually really good. And both ways, I'm going to want to watch that. Is I really... I recognize that Harden's great, but wa- watching those step back threes, unless he's w- unless he's hitting them, I really don't like that ISO ball that much. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see like how he's gonna change his game with Westbrook. Yeah, but it, well, I think he'll have an easier time kind of playing off ball, and it'll be w- Westbrook who's gonna might struggle a little bit to to fit in. All right, so we're gonna do one more story, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. So have you guys seen the the Brett Gardner getting ejected multiple times in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, like freaking out in the dugout. It's such an insane story to me because the two times that I'm aware of, and like all the articles I read, keep saying that it's happened a lot, that it's become his regular thing. <laughs> and so it's like also now that he's been ejected, like the whole team's like adopting it to like show support. So like it's all kind of blowing way out of proportion, but. When he gets mad at an umpire, instead of like cursing at an umpire because like there's like 
the magic words, as they call it in baseball, where like if you say certain words, you're just ejected immediately because it's a family thing and people can't hear you, blah, blah, blah. So instead of doing any of that stuff or like calling, like arguing balls and strikes, he just has been taking to the dugout, taking his bat and just like throwing it around, jamming it up into the roof of the dugout and like just totally just destroying things with his baseball bat. And then that's that's it. And for the, the past two times it's happened, he's been ejected for it. And it's fu- it's fun because like over the past few years, I think I've become more of a Yankees fan because I've become. Why? Oh, it's very easy to Get explain. The fuck it's out of here! Terrible man. This is the worst news you've it's ever. Really, heard, it's man. really bad. It started. I'm not. I'm not really a fan. I'm not on board. But I'm. I'm not anti-Yankees anymore, because it started as like. And I read an interview with Brian Cashman, their GM who just got held up at gunpoint by cops this weekend, and it was awesome. Someone someone stole his car. Just he, those cops. Yeah. Someone stole his car, and he got it back before it was reported, like, like returned. Mm. So cops saw his stolen car and, and they, like, yeah. pulled him over and <laughs> held him at gunpoint. Holy shit. Yeah. So, anyway, a couple years ago, he did this interview where he was like, I, I'm, I'm finally getting to build a team the way a GM is supposed to build a team, because the Yankees weren't doing the big money moves mm-hmm. and like right now they're the best team in baseball and like it's all of those players it's not a lot of big move players and the big the big thing for me i don't know man is i can't stand the red Sox. all right you're and winning me back over i yeah. need i need someone to take them down and it's going to be the yankees it's going to be the yankees i'm fine with it so it's not it's not fandom it's just like a, an indifference that I'm 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 okay with them. So like Brett Gardner, anyway, back to that story. He has been just like demolishing the dugout and getting ejected and Yankee fans everywhere, which I'm suddenly aware of, are like, How can you throw him out for not breaking the rules? You should really get knowledge of the rules in that real like pedantic sports fan way. And it's been all over the place and watching Yankees fans be childish is also a fun pastime. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dan showed us a clip of it and it kind of looks like when your neighbor uh, hits your downstairs neighbors, like hit your apartment with a broom. Yeah. So I can (laughs) see it being disruptive if I'm sitting down and I, if I'm sitting down at the, in the bleachers and then I see the Yankees dugout bumping up and down, like it's moving, it's moving, it's a solid object. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's just the dugout. It's not like it's like a person or something. Yeah. And like, it's, it's such a, I mean, it's a demonstrative thing to show your displeasure or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not hurting anybody. It's not affecting the game in any real way. Like maybe it's distracting for a second, but whatever. Here, here's where I think that there's a line between is this guy getting out his frustration or is he trying to show up the ref? And it, I think it leans towards trying to show up show up the ref. If it was after a call made against him, mm-hmm. then I would say frustration. But yeah. that doesn't seem to be the case most of the time. That yeah. he's just doing this. Mm-hmm. Like the, the one that he got called out or got thrown out after this weekend was a a ball that was barely a ball that was called a strike and their their manager goes out has a fight gets ejected after their manager gets ejected he takes the bat and just starts like jamming it around like where the the helmets go in the dugout and like rattling it around and like banging it up on the roof again this sounds uh, this sounds so childish right <laughs> and, like all like it's so cause, like i agree with that like if you're not breaking rules how do you get ejected but it is so clearly trying to break rules that it's just like, go, just leave. It's, <laughs> like, it's yeah. breaking rules without breaking rules. Yeah. It's like, essentially what it is. Like, I mean, baseball is like the like official sport of unwritten rules, but like all of them are dumb. But like, I, I feel like I'm okay with this one. We're like, baseball, like, if you hit a home run and you're cocky about it, I have to hit you with a pitch next time. That's a dumb rule. That's mm-hmm. an unwritten rule that is a dumb rule. I, I think that is so stupid. Like, let people be cocky, whatever. Show off, you did something cool, it's fun. But, like, if you're just, like, doing something to show somebody up, like, what what does anybody get? Like, what do you even no, get out no of that? Anything out like, of that. But now now the, the best team in the league suddenly feel like they're put upon, and it's, 
it's shifting my whole perception of this race because I was really hoping that it would just be them and the Red Sox. The Red Sox would fall off because the Yankees were beating them, and then I'd be fine. I get to the playoffs. I don't pay attention to the AL until it matters, and uh, go about my day. Yeah, but, even, but even now, the- like all of this fandom is rising up in like all the worst ways, and like I want to watch it, but it's super annoying. Even the Yankees have found a way to play the victim. And they have all the money in the world and all the the access in the world. See, that's the thing is like I, I was putting them in that spot already just by the elevating anti-Red Sox feelings I kept having. Because every time the Red Sox win something, they act like it's the first time and that they're not spending as much money as every other team in baseball or more money than every team in baseball. Sure. <laughs> We're well, the they- underdogs every time. It's like, no, you're spending a million dollars like – millions of dollars over what everyone else is doing of well, course it's they, working they lost for so long that it got to a point where they're like they they just have a victim complex now. yeah like it became their identity but it's not currently their identity they're, i agree 100 percent. the red sox aren't scrappy anymore they're you know they're they're fucking annoying they haven't been scrappy for a long time yeah you want to wrap this up all right so let's wrap it up ron plugs what do you got uh, I am teaching a class at Good Good Comedy Theater. Um, the class starts on September twenty first. What What is, is your? Class? It's a class about online comedy writing, like writing satire. Now, now why would you pieces. be an authority on that? Well, great question. <laughs> 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 uh, at present, I'm a senior contributing writer for The Onion. I feel like we should have introduced you with that. Credit. It's all right. It's all right. And then I, I, I you know, I, I write other places like the New Yorker, Flex, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. What? Um, that one? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was kidding. That's a cool one, but the other ones were awesome too. I felt like I should have reacted. They were really cool. That's really cool <laughs> stuff you get to do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So fill that class up so I can teach. I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to pivot into being a teacher, and I, you know, I think I have a lot of a lot of love to give. Is there a place where you post articles, or people can find them for you to, where they can find your writing? And I'm pretty stuff? good on tw- I'm pretty good on Twitter. It's not I don't tweet a lot, which I think is a blessing. You, you tweet your shit, but I tweet out most stuff. So all that, yeah, all that stuff. And then if you go to that Twitter, eventually I will have a website by the end of this year, and you'll be <laughs> able to find stuff there. But you know, I'm around. All right, find Ron. He's around. Yeah. All right, Eddie, what do you got? Um, so we're, we're releasing this this week, I'm yep. assuming, hopefully. Yeah, so Thursday I will be at Philly Comedy Club at 8.30. And then on Saturday, I believe it's the 24th, I'm doing. Uh, I'm hosting one of those uh, secret shows. Not the Don't Tell, one of the So Far oh, okay. Sounds ones. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so you, you, know, you can go to So Far Sounds, find out more information on that i can't really i don't know what i can and can't say other than that yeah you'll know when you need to know <laughs> yeah and it'll yeah. it'll be on my instagram at eddie finstagram uh on twitter at eddie j Finn. that's where you can find me online all right cool and uh for me i have let's see two sketch shows i've been helping out tiny arson at fit that'll be next friday and saturday 23rd and 24th at 9 p.m both of them and then the week after, I have Comedy Game Day Live, which is making its triumphant return after who knows how long. We did one show, and it's a it's a sports-themed stand-up comedy team competition. Well, that sounds fun. It's awesome. Ron, Ron is the, the only current loser of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> I am truly the Red Sox of this. Yeah, we had, we had Jake versus Ron last time as the captains, and like... You you draft your team night of, and then you just have to do stand up games with the team that you drafted that night, and it's fun. It's been, sounds great. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really cool. We have a lot of we have fun fun rounds planned already, and then fun little stuff on top of it. And then nice. September seventh, I will be at Skunk Fest in Ohio. It is a festival celebrating skunks. And I am bringing stand-up comedy to it. <laughs> it is 100% a real thing. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. I was like, is this a joke? I, I am driving. As far as I know right now, these might not be the official names, but I will be driving me, Meg Getz, Seamus Millar, Kevin Hoofy, and maybe Silas out to go perform with a, for a bunch of skunk people. 
wow, that the, sounds wild. In dude. the middle of the afternoon in a park, it will be a terrible show. That sounds <laughs> holy shit, man. incredible. But it is. Go- I'm, I could not be looking forward to it more. Like all, like logistically, nothing makes sense for this to be a good show. But like, I think that's why it will be a good show. That sounds like a fucking nightmare it's, and absolutely perfect at the same yep. time. <laughs> it, yeah, we're, we're gonna document it. We're gonna podcast from it. So once that's all up and out, we'll. I'll, probably plug that on here where you can listen and watch all that stuff and it's gonna be fun it's yeah. <laughs> it's just outside of cleveland if anybody happens to be just outside of cleveland oh, shit. that is wild yeah so oh uh last one you can find us on social media uh twitter is twitter is turnover pod instagram instagram is the, the tur- same yeah all right cool um we'll, so we'll- turnover pod on both of them you'll find all promo pictures and stuff and you can see the cool photo shoot we just did for this one which was a lot of fun and yeah that's it yeah Uh, see you next time bye have a good one